Oh, never short on entertainment around here, that's for sure. That's the good news. You, if you're bored, Saturday, Saturday night wasn't good for you, come get entertained on Sunday. It'll all work out. <laughs> These guys are characters. Oh, well, uh, hopefully the, the message is more than entertaining for you, but life-changing as well. Have you, have you enjoyed this series? Has your prayer life increased three people, four people? Four people's lives have been changed <laughs> through prayer. Hallelujah. Out of 200, we're at, what is that, 2%. We're doing good. <laughs> we're doing good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Half percent, actually. All right. So hopefully somebody's lives will be changed this week. We're in our, our message series, The Paths of Prayer, and there's really a lot of other methods I wanted to give you, but I'll have to continue on in the end of the year, kind of a part two continuation. But uh, I know God is ready to do some things, and I know God has probably been preparing your heart to do some things through this 21 days that we're just coming out of. But that seven days of fasting, you know, it's not something you just go and look forward to always, but something happens in the middle of that that just begins to break your heart, begins to shift some thinking, and also begins to realign you with what God's will is for your life. And so I'm telling you, you may not see it. There's going to be people around you, though, that begin to see change because of what you invested in the beginning of this year spiritually. And I'm praying over you, and as I've been praying over you, I'm praying that God begins to unfold what he has promised for you already as you continue to seek him diligently. We've talked about prayer and fasting the first week because I feel like I needed to educate you a little bit on fasting and what that really is. It's not a diet plan. It is all out fasting, pursuing the Lord. And then we talked about the prayer of the tabernacle. We talked about going through the different furnitures that are in the tabernacle that God told Moses to build. And then we've gone into prayers of intercession. Last week, we were talking about how to align our will with the will of the Father as we take our burdens before him because we carry burdens. And sheep, we're sheep. Scripture says that we are all sheep, but we're not built. A sheep is not built to carry a burden. Nobody hires pack sheep as they're going on a mountain hike. So we are to take those burdens to the Lord, hand them over, and as a promise because of what Jesus said, come to me all ye who are weary or heavy laden. His promise is this, I will give you rest. So we're not praying if we walk away from our time of prayer with the same burden we went into our time of prayer with. All we're doing is griping. But as you go into that time of prayer, you carry that burden to the Lord, and you just wait, you tarry, you linger in his presence. He begins to do something inside of you and transition your heart and begins to align you with what he desires, his will. And then you're able to leave that because by faith, if his word says that he will give me rest, then it's on me to appropriate using my will what was done at the cross to give me the freedom and the peace that I need. Y'all are like, I don't know what you just said. We'll come tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, and I will show you will get a heavy injection of freedom and understanding how to walk in rest. 6 p.m., yes. 6 p.m. to 8.30. 6 p.m. to 8.30, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Well, we're, we're talking about the prayers of favor, and really you can't talk about favor unless you talk about Jabez, and this, is, this actually comes from the prayer of Jabez, and I know growing up, uh, well, as I went through a little difficult time, coming out of a difficult time in my life, 
I spent a lot of time, and I feel like it was God's rehabilitation for me, spending time with my grandparents on their farm, cutting wood, moving hay, feeding cows, castrating calves. Anybody know what that is? I got a funny joke, but I'm not going to tell. It's inappropriate right now. But move past, move past. So the, the magnet, I would go in there at lunchtime and, and there would always be this old, you know, how everything in an in a, in a elderly home is turned yellow because it's that old. It's yellowed uh, magnet that had the prayer of Jabez and I would read it and I would read it and I'm like, well, I sure need that. And I thought, is this even in the Bible? I didn't know the Bible. Is this, is this even words? Is this even true? Is this legit or is this some kind of hocus pocus? And I would just read it every day at breakfast, lunch, and dinner breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so, but then I, got, I began to, as I applied faith to my life, I began to watch God do exactly what was on that prayer. And so, you may not have even heard of this, or maybe you have heard of this, and maybe this has gone way off into never, never far land, or maybe you just need to figure out what this even means. Well, let me tell you about Jabez, because Jabez is found in the middle of the 1200, the pool of 1200. There's, in, in First Chronicles, there's 600 names, 600 generations. And then right after Jabez, there's another 600 generations, all these begats, and so-and-so begats, so-and-so, and so-and-so begats, 600. And by then, you've already turned to Chronicles 10, First Chronicles 10, because you're tired of all the names and the begatting. But what you need to know, the reason they're in there is you need to know God knows every one of their names, and he knows your name too. And God has a name for you. God declares things over you. He's got a label for you. But in the middle of this 600, these 1,200, after 600, here is God saying, wait a minute, let's pause right here because I need to tell you about this most honorable young man, my son, Jabez. Out of nowhere, with no explanation of anybody else, he begins to stop and say, but Jabez. And so there's a reason when God does that and he sits there and hones in on something, it's, it's, it's important that you and I hone in on that same thing and say, what, Lord, are you really talking about? What do you want to say about this part of the word? And so Jabez, this prayer of favor. Before we start, let me pray. Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you, Lord, if you never do anything else, what you've done on the cross is sufficient enough for us. Thank you that you, you gave us eternal life, access to the eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you, you have called us to live, though, an abundant life in Christ Jesus. Father, if there's anything in us that does not align with you, Lord, quicken our hearts. Holy Spirit, convict us of sin if we do not know you. And convict us of righteousness if we are living outside of your righteous path. Father, realign our hearts today. <coughs> Speak clearly into the hearts of the saints. And help us to rise up and be the saints that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in 1 Chronicles 4 9, we see this. Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Literally, this guy's name was pain. Like, can you imagine the stories, the jokes that he, the picking on, the labels he, was, he received on the playground at recess? What a pain. You are pain in the... You know, so so I, I remember pain. I remember when my, my daughter was born, my first child, 
my wife went into that without an epidural. She's like, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going all out. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. So there she is. I'm watching her for 17 hours. And there's a few times where she can't even, she's, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. In between contractions, she's following, falling asleep. And they're every 30 to 90 seconds. And I'm holding her and rubbing her back. And, and I'm saying, hold on. You can do it. You can do it. And about the third time, she says, I'm giving up. She asked for an epidural again, and the doctor said, no, you're right there. You're right there. Well, about four hours later, she was right there. I'm like, so that last time she said she's giving up, I'm like, wait a minute. I know my wife. I love this woman. I found a deeper love for my wife that day than I ever had before. I love you so much. She's so pretty. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming. <laughs> And I, and she was, it was done. I didn't, I, I loved Naomi, but I hadn't met Naomi. I saw her through video. I saw her through a picture. I heard a little heartbeat. I, I had a love for her, but I had a new love for my wife who I was one with. So I looked at the next nurse that came in. I said, you better do something. This baby's coming out right now. She said, okay. <laughs> Finally, I got her attention. She went and got the doctor and this baby came on out. But the pain I remember the pain that my wife went through to give me a son, give me a daughter, the pain. And Jabez's name was pain. I'm going to call him a pain. But wouldn't that do something to you if your name was consistently called pain? If someone always said that you are a pain, if somebody, especially your parents, always made you feel as if you weren't accepted, but you are a pain, wouldn't that just mess with you a little bit? But Jabez lived under this word called pain. And many of you here are living a name or a label that really isn't your label. You're living under something and believing something that someone has called you, declared over you, made fun of you about, or the whisperer worked in a situation and has whispered his little lies about you, giving you a name that you embrace because you don't even know what your name is. But God knows your name, and God's ready to give you a new name. He's ready to speak life into you. He's ready to speak life where the lies were or the lies still exist, but they're going. And for some of you, that name is divorce, financial ruin, anger. Some, for some of you, that name is pride. For some of you, your label is bitterness. For some of you, your, your label is depression. Your label is not warrior, but worrier. Anxiety. These labels begin to bear root. And whenever they, we hold on to them, they take root in our lives and become a perspective in which we live life out of. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know some warriors. But this guy's name was Pain. You ever heard the song, The Boy Named Sue? probably took a beating. But so Jabez says, pain, in pain, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Cried out. And wouldn't you think, if his name, since his name was pain, that he would cry out. When he cried out, he would cry out about his pain. But no, Jabez didn't. See, pain cried out to God about his promises. Instead of focusing on his pain, Jabez was focusing on the promises of God that he knew his father had for him. It's the promises that move us beyond 
where we're at. Once we have interceded for the burdens that we once had, we take those things, okay, I'm not a packed sheep. I need to deliver that to the Lord. We intercede, and in our intercession, the Father is speaking to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, go back and listen to last week's message, is interceding for us. And as we get into those times of prayer, and we're praying over this burden, Lord, help me and release me. I give this to you. Pray for so-and-so. I can't believe this situation. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit enters in, and we start praying prayers of peace, prayers that we don't even understand. We didn't even know. We didn't intentionally go into that time of praying with. That's great. We pick up peace, and we pick up rest. And when we're done, we need to leave it. We go away not carrying the burden. But there may be another path that you can take rather than going away, as most people do, carrying the pain that you went to that prayer with. There may be a better path of prayer that you can begin to focus on. This path leads us down a path of favor because that's what we've been praying for. In our seven prayer points, pray for our, fa- our, 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 our nation, Help our nation, bless our nation, favor. Pray for our family, favor. Pray for divine healing, favor. Pray for warring angels be sent out to fulfill your word as we align our hearts and we declare your word, favor. Abundance in work, favor. Lord, next steps, the next steps you want me to take in my spiritual journey, let me tell you, favor will come. And then the last one, which should be the first, Lord, what is the first fruit monetary offering you want me to bring into the house at the end of this month, January, favor. All week, all month, favor. Because I believe God is ready to pour out some favor on you in 2021, especially as you've endured through 2020, as difficult as it was. But in 2021, I feel like you're going to about to bear the fruits of steadfastness, of perseverance, of of being able to endure till the end. And you are already proving it, saying, I'm bringing in that first fruit offering unto you, Lord. Not because of what you're going to do, but because of already what you've done. But but I know because of what you've done, we're making history together. You're going to do some great things. So here you are, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. So there's another path we can take. Pain cried out to the God of Israel, not about his pain. Pain decided to cry out about God's promises. And if we begin to shift our thinking today and be quit thinking about our pain and our problems and our issues and our struggle, our stuff that we magnify to be so great, but instead we hand that to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm just going to begin to declare your promises, magnify your promises. When you do, you begin to draw yourself to his promises like a bug to a light. <laughs> you can't help but to go towards those promises. But as for as long as you're focused on your pain, you can't help but to manifest more pain. No one has ever healed pain by focusing on pain. But when you veer away, you make it minuscule and small and nothing, and you begin to focus on the, God, the goodness of God and the blessings of God and the favor and the promises, all of a sudden, there's hope restored. And there's a process in that that we'll talk about. He says, oh, that you would bless me, exclamation, 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 exclamation. He's not saying, oh, man, gosh, I don't know if you can would you bless me? No. This word right here says, oh, well, you're going to bless me because that's how good you are. If you know the word, I'll explain this word, barak. It just says, you will barak. You will bless me. Not because I am entitled, but because you are so good, you can't enter into the room without pouring out blessings. But if you're a, if you're a, if you're a millennial or a Gen Z, you're like, 
Oh, that you would bless me. 100, 100, 100, 100. Emoji all through there. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. You know, some kind of weird face. It's, whoo. But this, this is not a, oh, bless me for me so I can be really rich prosperity gospel. No, this is a resource me so that I can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Bless me to be a resource into others' lives. He says, and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. He says, and I know if I focus on the promises rather than the promises, oh, I'll be free from the pain. Because even pain said I'm going to focus on something else. And God says, oh, oh, is that how you're going to pray? You're going to pray a prayer of my promises that are going to lead to blessing others? Now that's something I can do to and through. That's somebody I can use. And God is looking for a people, a people group that he can use for his purposes and not the purposes of their own. And God granted his request. Because Jabez, pain's heart was aligned with the heart of the Father. And when your heart is aligned with the heart of the Father, God begins to resource you, bless you, protect you, put his hand of presence upon you so that when you go, you are going with him. And he is moving through you in every area, every space that you go as you stay focused and your heart steadfast on him. Let me show you how. Look at this, the first phrase, 1 Chronicles 4.10 says, Oh, that you would bless me. Again, this word is Barak. That means, this word Barak means, and this is why he was so confident, exclamation, exclamation, emoji, emoji, 100, 100, 100. The reason he was able to do that is because this word, this word literally means, Barak means that you would stoop down from your throne and bless me. And in some cases, that you would stoop down and abundantly bless me. So in the context of this word, he was declaring, oh, I know that you're going to stoop down and bless me because you're good and you love me and you're a resourcer for those who will resource others. So he says, pray for blessing. Number one, pray for blessing. Ask God that he would deposit what he has in wisdom, creativity, character, the many gifts that he has for you, the many strengths that he has for you so that you can begin to shape and form. He can mold you. Remember, Scripture says that as, as, as a, a pot on a clay on a potter's wheel, he's constantly forming you, trying to get the impurities. You know why that's why they put him on the form. Not only do they want to form the clay, a potter, but they want to get the impurities out. And so as we, oh, Lord, bless me. Give me, deposit in me your character. Well, it pushes, it pushes those impurities out of us so that we can look more like him, conform to his image, because he can only bless those who look like him. Because if you apply what God is giving you, because this isn't just about financial blessing. You may come in, I just want to be blessed financially this year. No, this isn't just about financial blessing. This This is being blessed in every area of your life. Because if you will apply... What God is giving you, I do believe it does include financial blessing. If you will begin to apply what God is telling you, he will lead you towards decision making that he can't help to bless. And as he is blessing your decisions because you're, you're making them according to his will, he blesses his will. Oh, it's really good. 
By the way, materialism is just a short-sightedness. It's short-sighted, and what God wants to deposit in you is way bigger, and it lasts longer. Scripture says that it lasts a thousand generations. When we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about ideas, favor, grace, freedom. We're going to have some freedom in this house this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in our freedom conference. There is going to be some freedom released in the people in this house. Over 115 people have registered to be at our freedom conference. This is going to, this, y'all are going to come in here next week and say, what has gone on this week in Thrive Community Church? There's going to be some breaking of chains in this house. Psalms, Psalms 18.35 says, you give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me. Barak, you stoop down to make me great. When we do it his way, Scripture said, when you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, in due time, he will raise you up. He will raise you up. And when, I, and when I pray this, I picture God. I'm in my time of prayer. Maybe I'm on my knees or my face or I'm on the couch journaling and writing and reading. And I just picture the Holy Spirit. I picture the Father just begin to fall upon me, stooping down to bless me. And it's in that moment for my transition from my reading to my writing. It's like as I begin to write, I'm giving you some spiritual wisdom right here. I begin to get creative ideas that I didn't have beforehand. But because I'm letting go and I'm getting on paper the things that I had observed in Scripture He begins to operate through me and give me ideas and thoughts and creativity that are not of my own. He gives me ideas, and I begin to walk those things out. He blesses those. Come on. I'm giving it to you. But you guys have no idea where I come from. You probably think, look at that little white guy. He's over there. He just, and he's such a good preacher. He's a, well, he can lead a church. He's a good communicator. Man, that freedom, he's really good with that freedom. You have no idea what I come from. I come from this little old town, a little over an hour from here called Sabine, Texas. Some parts of the town call it Liberty City. It's in such conflict, we didn't know what, what, what it was. I didn't even know where I was growing up. I'm either in Liberty City or I'm in Sabine. The, the, name, the town had two names. That's chaos right there in itself. And I go back to my old little town, my little neighborhood, 206 Flinnegan Street, and I drive down, and I'm thinking, how can anything ever come out of this neighborhood? But God. But God. And I combine the memories of all that I went through And all that I put myself through, and I think about the labels, the lies, the names that I've embraced, the labels that people put on me, the labels that I accepted as my own. And then I I started getting around godly people, godly people as God was bringing me out of torture and pain and trial, that I I was living out my brokenness. I was living out my struggles, my issues, my junk that I didn't understand how to process and apply God's word into my life. And God began to put me around a people, a people around me that knew how to break down the word and begin to speak life into me and begin to help me search out God's favor and his blessings and, and help me to make decisions that honor him. They began to declare other words that were in my, then were in my head over me. And I struggled with that. Because that's not who I, 
That's not what I've been told. That's not what has been declared about me. That's not what people have rumored about me. That's not, you know, in my town, if you tell any, if I were to tell Pastor P something whispering in her ear, the crickets would have already told somebody on the south side of town. Gossip prevailed. And it always gets worse as it gets, as it gets to the end of the line. The labels. And please don't think that we would ever preach a a health and a wealth prosperity gospel in this house. This is not a blab it and grab it, a a name it and claim it. I don't believe believe that that is a way that God blesses. I don't believe either that God has a desire or a will that his people live in poverty. I do believe as we, as we apply his word, his ways, and we humble ourselves, God will begin to lead us to the, abundant, the abundance in every domain of life. Every domain of life. And I believe God's promises are that he will bless you, but there's a purpose for that blessing. Genesis 12, 2, he, tells, he, he, says, he says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. The blessings that you're praying for are being held by God until you decide you want to bless others with the blessings that you so desire. This is why whenever, which unforgiveness is the biggest stronghold, I don't know who this is for today, right here in this service right here, But that's why forgiveness is the mother of all freedom issues and bondages because until you will forgive and bless the individual who has harmed you or hurt you or you thought has harmed you, God can't bless you with all that he has. But you start blessing the trespasser and then God begins to open up the heavens for you to be blessed as well. If you didn't hear anything, just go home and pray over that right there today. But God doesn't mind you having more. In fact, the more that you have actually comes from God. But the more that God gives you is purpose to be a blessing and resource others. In fact, God will test your heart with your blessing, your request for blessing. He will test it by giving it to you and so that you can rumble around in your heart with, are you going to use it and have it for you or are you going to be a resource for others? Because when you become a reservoir that is dammed up, you get, you become, you are, you figure it out. It has never been a desire, though. It has never been a desire that we just lead a church that only takes care of itself. And maybe you've had an issue with some messages about finances or financial situations, or, or maybe you just never understood how to get to this financial, this blessing, this blessed life that God declares over us. Let me tell you, let me give you a really quick response to that. Because if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. We've never been a church. I would have never pastor a church that is only trying to take care of itself. Since we began three years ago, we had a, our budget was set so that we can bless not only the city, the nation, and internationally. From the moment we started, yes, God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to those who come in this house. That's why we're only three years old and we already have a building. I believe because we planned our giving, we planned our giving with a budget, we're able to give outside of this church. God says, if that's going to be a people that are going to carry my heart, my will, I can stamp that with blessing. 
So we have to be a people that are concerned about resourcing others so that not only can we be blessed, but we can be a blessing. The purpose in this building, though, is so that we can come in, be trained, equipped to do the work of the ministry so that we can go out and bring lost people into the kingdom. This is a training space. This is a transformation. From the beginning, we have declared this place as a transformation center. And I'm telling you this week, there's going to be some lives transformed. You're going to begin to see. And if you can't make it, I'm asking you to pray for the people that are here on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You can intercede with us. So stop keeping your focus on your burdens and your needs and instead pray prayers like, Lord, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. Pray prayers like that so God can actually lay his hand a blessing on it. Don't just bless me with what I need. Bless me with more than what I need so that I can be your resource as your word speaks and as you desire. Carrying God's heart. But that's my focus. That's my prayer for our church. So we will never have needs. Our church has tons of vision. In fact, if I were to stay up here and tell you the vision, all the vision that God has for us at Thrive, it would just blow your mind. Here's what you, you would walk away thinking, that's never going to happen. I don't know how it can happen. But God... On March 14th, I'm going to give you a little bit of that vision. We're going to, we're going to have a vision Sunday. I'm going to share with you what, what we believe God is going to do in the next several years. I want you to invite your friends, invite your family. We're inviting uh, city officials here, here to town so that they know why Thrive Community Church exists. But I can't give it all to you because I don't want you to be overwhelmed. But I can see it. I can see it, and I'm willing to live a life that's bigger than me. So let's say God answered your prayers and blessed you with the more, and he might ask, okay, what are you going to do with it? And 1 Corinthians 4.10 says, he says, enlarge, Jabez says, enlarge, pain says, enlarge my territory. So he prayed for influence. He was praying for influence. Give me influence into the lives of others. In other words, Lord, if I have more, then I will do more. That's why I pray every day, Lord, bless me so that I can bless others. Not just financially, I need to be blessed spiritually, all the more so. Give me more depth, Lord, so I can give depth away. Resource me so I can be a resource to your people. Pray for influence. I realize that my own capacity is not big enough. So I pray, pray Lord, enlarge my, test, my, 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 my boundaries. Enlarge, enlarge my territory. Strengthen me. Give, me. give me influence that is beyond me. Give, me. give me influence into the lives of others so that we can actually do what you're asking to be done. Stretch me, Lord. Take me beyond my comfort zones. Oh, that's a scary prayer for some. Mm-mm. As long as I'm in control, I'm good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Don't take me outside my boundaries. Mm-mm. Don't take me into the water where I can't touch. Mm-mm. Keep me shallow, keep me safe, keep me protected, keep me in that jail cell, because that's what happens. When you're not living the fullness of what God's created for you, everything begins to close in. And that's why so many people have so many problems and pains, is because there is a big life inside of you, and you are causing your life to be big in unhealthy ways, because you have yet to find the purpose that God has created and called you to do. 
Pray for influence. Take me to places that are beyond me, that are bigger than me. Seriously. So I would really like for you to lean in right here. I really want you to just listen to this next part. And I hope you will come to realize that God has a life that is bigger than you. I know he's got a life that's bigger than you. I know he does. I used to say trapped in the lies that God doesn't have more for me. I would make decisions based on the lies and the labels that I had that were given to me because I didn't think I was good enough to live the life that I know God had for me. Am I talking to somebody? And I hope you will come to realize that he has a life that's bigger than you. And that's why you have, you have likely accomplished that what you have likely accomplished to this day is on your own strength. Great job. You got yourself this far. Hope that works out for you. Hope that turns out really good. And you may be thinking, well, I'm living a big life. I li- I, I'm living a big life doing it. I'm making a lot, a lot of right decisions. But you're not making living the life that you could be living if you would humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let him raise you up. You are, sa- you are satisfied with little in the eyes of God. It may be huge to you, but it's small to God. But when you get under God, you can begin to live it his way. You begin to pray these prayers. Lord, give me, give me a life that's bigger than me. And God begins to raise you up. You'll, you'll be, look back and say, oh, I was so deceived. I was so comfortable. I was good when I was in control. I was deceived. And for some of you, your life just isn't all that because you're living it too much about you. But if you ever realize there's more, it motivates you. It inspires you. And in that inspiration, you desire change. The happiest people I know are not people that don't have problems. The happiest people I know are people who, while they have problems, are living out their purpose. They're not focusing on their problems. They're steadfast and focused on the purpose that God has given them. And in the midst of that, God is handling their, handling their problems because they are taking care of God's stuff. So the happiest people, the most successful people I know, are not because of riches and wealth. It's because they have a clear focus on why they were created. And when you know your why, nobody can knock you off kilter. You're focused. Every decision is already made when I know my why. If it lines up with this, then yes. If it don't line up with this, then no. I can save a lot of emotional energy not having to say no because it's already decided. Because here's my focus. Here's my why. Here's what I'm doing. I've discovered it. I've fought the battle. I've labored the labors. I've gone through the pain. I'm done with that label. I'm going with the victory. And here's where it is. So if you really want to be a successful person, It's clear purpose, discovering your clear purpose. And that's why I believe Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians 1. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You remember, if you were here last December, I was telling you about the Holy Spirit, and he is the hope that God the Father has sent for us. And the Holy Spirit, as we were talking about last week, is always interceding for us and trying to align our prayers with the prayers of the Father. So as the Holy Spirit is praying with us, he is trying to align us towards hope, but it only comes through him aligning you according to your calling and your purpose. And when you begin to walk this out, God begins to provide hope. And the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in 
the saints. Who's the saints? You're the saints. And hope and calling are inseparable. You will never be, you never live a life fulfilled or full of hope without finding your calling and your purpose. That's exactly why on the second and fourth weekend of every month, we have next steps in Thrive Cafe so that we can be a vessel to get you plugged in, to get you on the journey of your next steps so you can begin to get in an atmosphere, an environment where you can begin to discover that purpose and that calling. You're learning how, what it means to serve others, and it's in your serving others that God downloads on you what he wants you to do in your process of serving and resourcing others. But if you never get into that, if you never get into the flow of being focused on others, you're always just standing just on the outside of what calling and purpose could be. There's a release that takes place. There's an openness. Finally, you enter into the room where calling and purpose actually exist. So when people are growing in their purpose, they are more likely to overcome their problems. That's why we have Freedom Conference and Thrive Tribes. We're here to assist you and aid you to move you from the, the junk of yesteryear and into your purpose so that you can live freely the, the fullness of who God's created and purposed you to be. Jabez says, I know my pain. I know, I know pain. He says, my name is pain. He says, so God, will you bless me? Will you bless me and give me influence and enlarge my territory? I will use it for your purposes. He says, which is the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Let me tell you, your inheritance only comes when you begin to walk in your purpose because your inheritance are others. Your inheritance is lost in the others. And the reason God authored this prayer in the Bible is so that you would discover it, pray it, be blessed by it. Your territory would be enlarged so that he could give you influence into the lives of others and bring them into his kingdom. And others are your inheritance. Let me show you in Psalms 2. He says, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Others... When you start to carry my heart, your resources are going towards my heart, not your own, and you become a vessel of blessing, I'll give you your inheritance. It's others. And you may say, well, well how can I affect the nations? I, I, I can't go. Well, when you give of your resources and we send those together as a church, you are still getting an ROI, a return on your investment of souls for every dollar, every ish, every, every prayer, every created material that you may send over that blesses souls and you are having influence in the nations and they become your inheritance. Sometimes we think so small. Well, because I'm not right there in person and doing it myself, it, well, it's no value. Your hard work, your labor, the things that God has graced you with to be able to do so that you can do for others provides inheritance. God is giving them to you as an inheritance so he can continually bless them in order to bless you and bless you in order to bless them. So not just Lord bless me. But Lord, show me my, your purpose for my life so I can live a bigger life, life bigger than my own. Whew. Getting uncomfortable. 
I don't want to do that. Mm-mm. I like Taco Tuesday. Don't mess up my Tuesday. Don't move my cheese. I like, I like doing what I do on Saturday night. I like, doing, I like my rhythm. I like going to the movies. I like staying home and eating popcorn. Don't mess with me. Get out and serve others. What are you talking about? And I remember when I was in a church in Austin, and I had come out of this lifestyle that I was beat up mentally and emotionally. And I remember I came out of this little small town. Who was ever going to come out of this town? And I, but I knew there was more. And in the, one of the events that we have, this speaker was talking about dreaming big again, learning to dream big. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Learning to, to just... If you, if you could just wipe the slate clean, the canvas that has been painted for you, or maybe you've painted of your life, if you could just wipe that thing clean and then begin to ask God, what is it that you would like for me to do? What is your purpose and your calling? What is this bigger life that you have that is bigger than my own, Lord? And you begin to just draw that thing out, paint that thing out, script that thing out on that canvas. Would it look like what you're living now? And if not... This might be your prayer. That might be some time because that's what I did. And I began to pray these prayers of boldness and, and courage and favor. I'm like, I got to get rid of these labels. I got to get rid of this little small mindedness. And I began to dream big again. And, and I answered this call to Latin American missions, a community in that season. And I remember, how is this ever going to happen? I'm a little old white boy coming from a little old town in the middle of a little bleep in the middle of Austin, Texas. But God, he knows my name. And in the middle of my prayer, my surrender, and my yielding, and my, 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 my desire to pursue him, he began to move situations in my life that would one day guide me to a point where I would have to listen to his voice ultimately or make my own decisions going my own path. I know, I know you hear me. And as I began to listen to his voice and make those decisions according to what I believed his will was, because what I felt in my spirit, what he was saying, and I had to remember, I answered this call. Four years later, I found myself living in a third world country, not knowing anybody around me. And in the midst of that, in the middle, the beginning of that, God said, I'm going to give you more support than you can imagine. You're going to have to do something. So he moved me to the, the poorest country in our hemisphere and says, here, little man, let me just place you here for a little while. And it was in that time he began to grow me and strengthen me and, and bring purpose out of me. He used that season for what would, would begin to happen even right now. And so to this day, I have that inheritance in that country because of what I poured out into those people. And even today, the relationships I'm continually strengthening by way of email or way of text to provide them and resource. And we today as a church are resourcing them financially so that God can do what he wants to do in that poor country and you and I have an inheritance through that you and I I have an inheritance right here through you as God brings change into your life because I'm what I'm willing to humble myself to and speak into you which he brings the change you see I don't have to do all the hard work and the labor I just have to get under and be yielded and surrendered to him and do what he's asking to do and in return he blesses me with inheritance Let's not overcomplicate this thing. 
Lord, bless me to be a blessing and give me influence into the lives of others. And it all started because I started to dream big dreams again and praying prayers that were not about me. I know that's for somebody else today. I can feel it in my soul. There's somebody that this is turning on a light switch. They finally, there's the one missing link, that key that I didn't have before. First Chronicles 4.10 says this, let your hand be with me. This is exactly why we do the 21 days of prayer, because you're looking at a man who, got, who most desires God's presence on his life. I can't do this without God's presence on my life. So pray for presence. Pray for presence. What you're asking me to do is too big for me. I don't know if it's going to work out, Lord. I don't know if I can do that. When you're praying that prayer and that is your mindset, then you know God is getting ready to act on your behalf because until it is bigger than you, God's hands are locked up. Because he's looking to do something that requires faith in a people who are willing to reveal their faith by doing what the voice of the Lord is doing. Because he wants us to do what he wants us to do in this year. That's why I believe the Lord has given us this word presence, his presence for 2021. I believe there's going to be an unfolding, a real uh, spiritual unfolding in this place in 2021. I'm believing for it. In Acts 11, 21, he says, the Lord hands, Lord's hand was with them. Lord's hand was with them. Boy, look at the goodness. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. That's what I'm praying. Yes, one person, I'm praying that because of this 21-day deposit of prayer, the Lord's hand is going with us into 2021, and a greater number of people will begin to believe and turn to the Lord. How many people can put their hands in the air for somebody has a family member that needs somebody to turn to the Lord? Man, I'm in a territory I've never been in before. We're going into uncharted territory. These are things that I've heard people do. But if I were to do it on my own, it would likely fail. I need the presence of God to go with me. We need the presence of God to go with us. We are doing things that no other church is doing in this county. God has given them purpose. God has given them calling. And it's not in, in comparison, but God has given a unique calling and purpose to ultimately, community, in a, in, a, in a corporate method, fulfill his ultimate calling. And that's what we're here to do, to fulfill, fulfill his purpose in Henderson County. Let me give you something I keep in my heart as we go into uncharted territory. I pray something similar over my kids each morning. In fact, you should never let your kids out of the, out of the kitchen until you've huddled up, a little team huddle, and prayed over them. I pray this prayer. I get them together, a little, and they get all quiet. They're loud and loudy, loud and rowdy, and trying to get into the van, and they're like, wait, 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 wait no, no, no. I get them down, look them in the eye, like I'm calling the play. That's what I know. I was quarterback and wide receiver, so he's like, you in? You in? You good? You good? No injuries? Check you up? All right. Lord, I just bless these children. Bless these children, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that you give them influence in the lives of their children, of their, of, their, of their friends and the teachers as well, Lord. I pray that your presence goes with them. And Lord, as you're going and you're taking them into new places in the classroom, the playground, Lord, protect their minds. Protect their minds from the lies of the enemy and the, and the lies of their friends. Lord, I just pray that you protect their hearts and everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I see two little kids full of peace walk out of that house and go get in that van. It'll change things. Oh, you got a rowdy kid? Why don't you draw him in? Let me pray for you real quick. There is authority that God has given man in his house, and that is to be a blessing to others and whom he leads in his house. And when that authority is used according to God's will, his purpose is God graces that authority with blessing. But when it's used outside of his will, that's where conflict, disorder, chaos, issues, problems, struggles, which often lead to the very reason we need to be in, fi- in freedom first, the first, second, third of, of, of February. Exodus thirty-three fifteen says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, please don't send me. We ought to be, as soon as we get ready to go to work, Ooh, let me pause right here. If your presence, Lord, does not go with me, I'm just going to stay home. If your presence. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me unless you go with us? Why? Because there's favor everywhere God goes. This is why we do the 21 days of prayer, because we never want to go into a new year without God's presence, his favor upon our lives. In fact, in fact, you shouldn't go anywhere. Don't even go, don't, don't turn on a movie without, Lord, protect my mind. Because what you let in. What else, he says, will distinguish me? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, just like he said to Jabez, you see this pattern? As Moses humbled himself to the Lord and says, no, 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 I, wanna, I don't want to go without your presence. Just like he said, and the Lord granted what he desires to Jabez, to pain, he says to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked. Boy, if we could just see a pattern of God's character in our life, of humbling ourselves, honoring his presence, and, and, and moving with him for his purposes, being a blessing, a resource to bless others. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. So pray for the abundant blessings and pray for the influence. Lord, bless me so I can be a blessing. Help me to live a life that's bigger than me. But when you do, and in all your praying, pray, Lord, be with me because what you've called me to do is too big. And that's when you know you're walking in your purpose and your calling because it's too big for your control issues. It's too big for you to manipulate. It's too big for you to do it on your own. So it's going to require others. So Lord, bless me. Lord, give me influence. Lord, let your presence go with me. And before we move forward, you need to know, and this is why many people don't pray this prayer, because when you start to pray these prayers, these prayers that are dreams and callings that are too big for you, the next thing that's going to happen is all hell is going to break loose. Hell is going to come after you. Satan realized, oh, I got one of my sheep outside the fold. I'm going to go get him. Oh, Satan loves the one. In fact, he loves to get you to be the one. 
Let me just separate them for the rest of the body of Christ so I can go ahead and go grab them. But when you start to pray this, you best believe all hell is going to break loose in your life, but that's okay because God has given you every answer. Romans 5, uh, James 1, it says, as these things happen, rejoice, flip the script on him, rejoice in your trials for they bring perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. As you begin to see all hell breaking loose in your life, your finances, your issues, your family, your marriage, your kids, whatever it is, oh no, no, this is just evidence of me breaking free from the bondage I've been in. This is not me just staying trapped in the old issues. This is me getting on the fringes and finally breaking through for not only me, but the generations that come after me. I've got to go through some hell so that I can bring my family with me. I've got to get to this place where I begin to think differently. My character looks a little bit more like God rather than like me. The labels that I used to carry, the label I used to own. But instead, I'm embracing the word of the truth that the Lord says about me. Then my perseverance. Oh, the Lord took me through all of that. Oh, if he can get me through that, he's sure enough going to get me through this. And then I got hope. That hope that, that Paul was praying for, that he hopes we would find, that our eyes, of our, our eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we may find the hope of a calling. Oh, man. That's when you start walking in. And, and you, ought to, you ought to be concerned when it's not happening. When I first walked into ministry and I first started committing those decisions, all, all hell began to break loose. And then guess what? The closer, the closer your circle is, that's where hell breaks loose first. Your family's not going to understand what you're doing. Those friends who are just outside are not going to understand what you're doing. Those coworkers that you say you're about to quit and go do something else are not going to understand what you're doing. And thereafter are not going to understand what you're doing but they're not your enemy they love you they want what's best for you they just don't have the vision of God on your life that they that they have for their life it's different and you say well pastor Nathan weren't you discouraged when you started in ministry you're about to follow the Lord I said no I am encouraged because you ought to be headbutting with the devil whenever you start to walk into something new you ought to be discouraged whenever you're not facing spiritual warfare because you might be going the same way as the devil himself. There's no problem as long as you don't try to get out of this fold. You get outside my fold, we're going to have some issues. That's why most people just, mm-mm, I'm saying it's a safe place. Religion is good. Mm. I'm going to sing the same songs when I go to church every Sunday. I know what to expect. It's going to be the same message. It's going to be the same three verses. We're going to get to go home. I know I'm getting out at 12 so I can go eat a cotton patch. <laughs> Not in this house. It says, <laughs> First Chronicles 4.10, it says, And keep me from harm. Pray for protection. Pray for protection. Keep me from harm. Every day, blessing, influence, presence, protection. And these have been my prayer points since I began in ministry. But you may, you may think, whoa, with this all this devil stuff and... Warfare, I don't like that. Just that make, I don't, mm -mm, mm -mm, we didn't talk about that in my, mm -mm, we just skipped right over those pages in the Bible. That's why they give us three verses and they don't let us look anywhere else in the Bible. They tell us what we need to know and they don't let us know anything we do need to know. You've been there. I'm trying to get you out of there. I'm trying to break you freedom and that stuff. First Peter 5, 8 though, you need to be aware the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking after you. And you may, be afraid, you may be afraid of that because you don't know what to do. But let me tell you, when he starts to attack, you just say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because in the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. 
But you can't be acting like a demon and saying the name of Jesus. You're in the name of Jesus. And as you're declaring the name of Jesus, you're aligning your soul, your decisions, your thought life with the name of Jesus. And in that, the Lord begins to do his work. He begins to take care of it. So you can, you can make your prayer time all about what you want to talk about. Or you can begin to talk about what God wants to talk about. And instead of your pain like Jabez, you can begin to focus on God's promises, his potential, his blessings, his power that can work in your life. God can do in a moment what you've been struggling with in a year. In a moment when you just begin to transition your thought life. Because prayer isn't about God drawing near to us. It's going to come up at some point. Prayer is not about God. Come on, you can do it. Work with me. Anyway, prayer is about us moving towards God. There it is. Come on, next one. You got it. There you go. Prayer is about us moving towards God. All right, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Tell you what, I should have done a message on warfare. But I want you to be blessed. I want you to understand the blessings that God has for you. There is a a method to all of this madness. And you may be so focused on the problems. You may be so focused on all the stuff that's going on. God is saying, if you just realign your focus, begin to focus on my promises, begin to pray prayers of being a resource to the lives of others, oh, I can bless that. But in all of that, we're aligning our will with his will. Bless me, Lord. Lord, give me influence. Let your presence be upon me, Lord. Protect me, Lord. I want to pray with you, praying our seven prayer points. Lord, bless us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done on the cross. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that your mercies are new every day. Lord, been going to bed with, cry, with tears, but thank you that joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're fighting our battles before us as we release them unto you. Father, I just pray for spiritual breakthrough even today, right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you bless our nation, that you help us. Help the the leaders of our government begin to align their thoughts with your thoughts, Lord. Pray that you bless our families. Lord, that our families begin to find unity, find a place of agreement, Lord, in life. Lord, that, that they begin to listen to the sound of your voice so that their eyes, the eyes of their hearts may be enlightened so that they can move towards the purpose and calling that you've destined them for. Father, help us parents to love our kids towards you. Father, I pray for divine healing in this place. Those who have come in here with physical ailments, mental ailments, Lord, We just pray for healing, divine healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that warring angels be sent out as we align our words and our will with your will, that your kingdom will fall upon earth and it will be on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let your warring angels just protect your word until it is fulfilled. 
Father, we pray for an abundance of work in 2021. So much work that you begin to bless us with more creativity and resources, Lord, that we're able to hire on new people or start that business we've always wanted to start. Or, Lord, that you move us up in the companies that we're working in. And all of a sudden, you're giving us favor with our boss and with our coworkers. Lord, for the abundance. Father, I pray that you begin to show us what it is that you would have for us to do next on our spiritual journey. What is the next step that you've called us into so that we can walk in your favor and your blessing, your abundance, Lord. Let it be that we're walking in these next steps, not for us, but for the sake of others. And Father, as we prepare our first fruit offerings today, Lord, because of what you've done already, if you never did anything else, you've done enough. But Lord, because you barach, oh Lord, you stooped down and you blessed your people. Father, we bring in today, we've, we've brought in, come to an end of the 21 days of prayer and our spiritual first fruit. But today, Lord, we're bringing in that first fruit offering unto you because of what we know you to be and we know how you will be with us. Father, right now, I just pray that you speak to every heart about what, about what you would have them to give as a first fruit offering unto you. As you're listening to the Lord, I'll tell you a story for Allie and I, my wife, last night. We got our checkbook and we said, okay, now's the time. Tomorrow's the 31st. Let's think about all God has done in our lives. Well, it's amazing when you can look backwards and see all the blessings. And every year we give a first fruit offering. We stretch ourselves. We listen to the Lord. She came up with one number and my number was bigger. She go, oh. I don't know about that. But she said, you know what? That's really small in comparison to all God has been able to bless us with. That's the heart. Because that's somebody God can do something with. So we wrote out the biggest check we've ever written. And we laid our hands on that checkbook. And we prayed a prayer and said, Lord, we just pray for your blessings to be on this money. That your blessings be on every dollar and every place that these dollars go that you bring in souls to your kingdom. We are trusting you because you are Barak, because of your goodness. You've already stooped down on us. Why would you stop? So a first fruits offering is different than a tithe. Bring the, you return the tithe, but you bring in an offering. You return what belongs to God already because it belongs to him. And he says, you can test me now in this. The one space that you can test God is in the tithe. And he says, see if I don't open up the windows of heaven so that you don't have more than enough, more than you can store in your storehouses. And not only that, he says, see if I don't rebuke the devourer that has been causing ruin in your own families, your own lives. So the tithe is returning. It's a faith act. It's not religion. 
It's saying, Lord, it all comes from you anyway. And first fruits is the beginning of a harvest because I know there's a harvest coming and you get to decide what it's going to look like. But Lord, this is the, the first from my year and I'm bringing the first of the harvest back to you. So Father, we just pray for faith to enter into this room. We pray for provision, for protection. Lord, we pray for marriages to be healed. We pray for spiritual awakenings in the lives of the lost, of the family members that are in this house today. Lord, we pray for freedom this week in the lives of those who are in bondage. Lord, we pray that there be a release of grace for empowering grace to help every individual to move past that sin that so easily entangles them. Lord, we pray for more favor on them in their lives, in their workspaces, in every area, in the marketplace, wherever they go, that, Lord, you begin to shift hearts and change hearts. Lord, we pray for life vision, life vision, the things that you purposed them for, called them to do. Lord, that you begin to open up and lighten the eyes of their hearts so that they're able to receive these big dreams that you so desire for them. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.